Hey everyone, welcome to episode 215 of the All Dolphins podcast. Yes, Omar, I'm going to date it on this Monday, February 5th, 2024. I just Six- said don't date the weekends, okay? Don't tell Oh, okay. Because we do every yes. we do every weekday, so the amount of people who watch these weekend episodes because they're new to them. You can't you can't kill the surprise. Somebody's got a cold hair dog and like this. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I I lost my voice. I'm working to get it back, but it's it's a struggle. So yes, I will be talking like Barry White for a minute. Okay, does that mean that I'll be doing all the talking this episode? This is going to be a very special episode of the All Dolphins podcast. Maybe the best, the best one yet. Best one yet. I play, I play. Uh, we are six days away from Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Sadly, unfortunately, it again does not involve the Dolphins. Um, yeah, but that's a different story for another day. It's episode. Get a, get, get a Hall of Fame coach. Get a uh, Hall of Fame receiver. Best in the game. Um, get a Hall of Fame tight end, pick whichever team you want. Get a top five defense, pick whichever one you want. You're not there yet. It's amazing how you left out. Pick a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's amazing how you left I, I out. Said, I said best. I said Hall of Fame quarterback, best of the game. Or you can have Brock Purdy, but that's another version of Tua Tungvaloa. But that's another story. You're not You're not completely off the mark, but this is, that's not something to be said. Though, hey, you're, you're don't get speak on Brock because Brock can do it. Brock can get it. He almost – he no, actually, it wasn't him. Jimmy Garoppolo almost beat the 49ers yep. with an inferior 49ers team. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm sure. And Brock has done it in the fourth quarter against opponents, even though overall he not, didn't necessarily play great against Detroit or against Green Bay, but that's a different story for another day. This is uh, – you know what I love about Super Bowls? What's that? Super Bowls come down to – game planning, strategy, and game management. Unfortunately for Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid is the best in the game. So he's got an uphill battle, and he's got the best quarterback. And he's probably got the best defense. So, it, But you never know. Anybody, any, anybody, any puncher's chance. No, you're right. And, yeah, because we looked at last year, for example, and the Eagles easily could have won that game, and it was two full plays. Jalen Hurts, who played – out of his mind, except had the one like funky play where he dropped a snap and or he had the fumble return for a touchdown. And then, of course, there was a bogus penalty that allowed the Chiefs to build a, to milk the clock at the end. Anyway, quick history lesson. Yes, we're going to continue to do those. Is it going to be quick? Because this is kind of a pivotal year. 2015? Oh, yeah. Is it a pivotal year? Oh, well, yeah. it's the year that saw a an in-season coaching change after the Dolphins – who have, for some reason that brought back Joe Philbin for a fourth for, for a fourth year? Stupidity. That would be the reason. Okay. Uh, the you you know what the one lesson is, and I I hate to interrupt your history lesson here. The one lesson that I've learned in my 15 years of covering the Miami Dolphins team, there's a clear and well defined difference between when you anoint leaders of men head coaches and when you anoint these offensive gurus that you hope can lead men unequivocally. And that was my greatest concern about Mike McDaniel when he got hired and got the job. Is he a leader of men? Because I've seen what happens when they're not a leader of men. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about Cam Cameron, talking about Joe Philbin, and I'll throw Adam Gase in there because I'm not saying he was a bad leader. However, Gase's style meant 
or his ways meant throwing people under the bus. And I don't think leaders do that. No, that's not a leader. By definition, that's not a leader. And and there was quite the contrast in 2015 after the Dolphins dismissed Joe Philbin after four games. Uh, the fourth game was a loss in London against the Jets, no less. And then he was replaced by Dan Campbell on an interim basis and say what you want about Dan Campbell's X's and O's and game management and in-game decisions. But the dude, you want to talk about a leader of men? I mean, he is at the top right there when it comes to NFL head coaches. Uh, and and he is, I love and support, and you know this because we've now done 215 podcasts together. I support the players that become coaches either position coaches, head coaches, scouts, executives, because, and you know who they are when you're in the locker room. You, They have an aura to them. They have a, 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 a an awareness to them. And uh, like, I don't think, you know, we saw his transition from a tight end to a coach because I believe the Dolphins were the first team that hired him as a coach. And it was very evident that he was a leader. Correct. No, and... You and I have done this long enough to know players will respond better to a guy who actually has been in their shoes and have played in the NFL. That's just a fact. Um, Absolutely. And and I say this all the time. Um, I hate when a player is coming to you and telling you that there's an issue because he's actually on the field playing it, doing it, experiencing it, and telling you this is not going to work. And then the coach is all like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. That's that that is the ge- genesis of what their issue was with with Vic Fangio. Sorry. Probably. Okay. Oh, we went there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. quickly wrap up, wrap up 2015. And it was amazing. Those first two games under Dan Campbell, as we mentioned on the previous podcast, is the Dolphins were walking zombies in the first four games. Dan Campbell they didn't care. They didn't oh, care. And they were so they, they weren't were walking games. zombies. They didn't care. You they know, went through well, the most. They the, the whole that they went through the motions. I, Omar, wouldn't that make you a walking zombie if you're going through the motions? I mean, anyway, <sighs> Dan Campbell comes in, they do the Oklahoma drill like on the first day of his first practice, and then they go out and play at Tennessee. They whooped the, the Titans 38 to 10, and then they come home against the Houston Texans and have the most ridiculous first half. I don't I think I've ever covered. They were up like 41-0 at the half, wound up winning 44-26. Eventually, their lack of talent in a lot of different places caught up to them. They wound up finishing 6-10. and 10. Uh, Off-season arrives, and Campbell was one of the guys who interviewed for the head coaching job. They gave it to Adam Gase, and the rest is history. Uh, I don't know if I agree with the lack of talent statement that you put on the table. Uh, that team had Jarvis Landry, had Kenny Stills, um, okay. had Rashard Matthews, had Devontae Parker. Had Lamar Miller, um, Ryan Tannehill was their quarterback. So mind you, um, they had some issues on the offensive line. Yes, they did. But okay, and they had Cameron Wake. They had Indomitian Sue. They had Olivier Vernon. Uh, inside linebacker was an issue. It was. They had Brent Grimes, Rashad Jones. Safety was an issue. Safe cornerback was an issue. Okay, they had they had enough. They had holes. They had decent holes. Um, okay, sounds like something I just said, but I, I appreciate you validating my my statement. Um, okay, and now since we mentioned former player getting the respect of current players because they played, this is what we have with Anthony Weaver. 
Uh, and Omar, obviously, you're very familiar with what I'm about to bring up because you were there, as they say. You were like right in there when Joe Rose and you in uh, another guest host spot had – Jerry Sandusky, no, not that Jerry Sandusky. That needs to be said all the time. I'm it? like, oh, that guy needs to change his name. I'm sorry. You you officially can't keep your name. So, like, longtime sportscaster was in Miami, went to Baltimore. Actually, his father was a very longtime Dolphin offensive line coach, John Sandusky, who was uh, Don Shula's right hand man for a long time, 19 seasons. Uh, and he, dude, had nothing but great things to say. The one comment he made that really stood out to me was explaining why it was that John Harbaugh chose inside linebackers coach Zach Orr as his new DC after Mike McDonald went to Seattle instead of Anthony Weaver. Please please reiterate it because I thought that was very profound and I, I, I think you, you can state it better than me. Well, I mean, it was, it made me feel a whole lot better about that particular situation because basically Jerry Sandusky's point was that he's looking at two guys who have all the chops to get the job done in that particular role. Uh, very thinks very highly of, of either of them, but if he doesn't give Zach Orr the job because his name's not out there, maybe he doesn't get a, a DC job. And whereas with Anthony Weaver, if he bypasses him, Anthony Weaver is going to, somebody's going to hire Anthony Weaver. So and while I loved what he said in theory, and that's what you say when you don't pick a guy, because we always hear, he was the next guy up. It was going to be him if it wasn't him. We always hear these stories. And and I heard that about Mike Tomlin. I, I forget. I heard that about, I forget who was a runner-up to Mike McDaniel. I know we had Sean Payton, but I think it might have been Leslie Frazier. It was somebody that was, yeah, I I, I can't tell you. It was a re- Leslie Frazier. It was somebody who was African-American. I don't remember. Sorry. Um you always hear those stories and you're like, mm, sure. And, and while I don't disagree with what Jerry Sandusky said, and he said it prefacing it by saying he did not talk to Correct. Harbaugh. Correct. But if I'm Harbaugh and I know I've got a team that's this close to winning a championship and Mike McDonald and McDonald might take or, or somebody with them to wherever they're going. Aren't I, as Harbaugh, trying to keep the best possible coordinator that I can so that I don't lose or retain, you know, some of my defense? And here I am. I'm letting my assistant head coach just graduate. Now, mind you, answer this question to me, Alan Pupard. What defense do you think gives Anthony Weaver a better chance to become a head coach in 2025? Do you think it's the Miami Dolphins or do you think it's the Baltimore Ravens? Oh, it's clearly the Baltimore Ravens. But here, I, I and I hear what you're saying, and you're playing a very good devil's advocate here. But again, if the difference is, I I, I can't imagine that if 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 Harbaugh thought that Anthony Weaver was clearly a better candidate to be his new DC than Zach Orr. Sorry, Zach Orr, but I'm going to go with Anthony Weaver. I don't think he would hurt his team. That's just the point to, I'm making. That's the, the point I'm making. Okay, but what if? First of all, what if the difference is is ever so slight? That's number one. And then number two. What if money uh, was a factor? Money may have been a factor. Because you know Boss Ross liked to pay. I also was told, well, Weaver could have, Harbaugh could have preemptively promoted okay. promoted Weaver to D.C. before before the Dolphins jumped in. Um, 
I was told it may be an issue of perhaps some of the players preferred or, and I don't know exactly why that would be because Jerry Sandusky again spoke very highly of Weaver and his ability to, to relate to the players. You never know. Mentioned his work with Justin Madubike. The he was a third round pick. Also, I, I will I will take issue with him when he start talking about how Madubike was playing at a level on the par with Aaron Donald. This yeah. is where I, this is where I was going. Whoa, Jerry, slow down, slow down, simmer down now, simmer down. As a li- Aaron bit- Donald didn't have a great season last year though. No. So. No, correct. But when on those spurs, might, when be, might, be up, still, might be still playing on that name. Uh, to a certain, I mean, he's not like the game wrecker he once was, but I mean, he's still. And again, when he has those spurts, he can. Yeah, he just doesn't do it as consistently as he once as he once did. And the other issue with Anthony Weaver is if he was an overblown mirage, as some skeptics perhaps would suggest. Who's suggesting that? Put a name on it. Because no, 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 I'm not putting a name. I'm saying because because of oh, the factor of like. But you scared? Are you, 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 no, yeah. I'm not scared. Yeah, that's me. Ooh, um, yeah. I'm just playing devil's advocate. If if we're saying on one hand, if he's so great, then why didn't the Ravens just promote him? Mm-hmm. Well, the flip side to that, if he was so lackluster, then why did both the Washington Commanders and Atlanta Falcons interview him for their head coaching position? As an African American, I could say maybe because he was at the top of the Rooney Rule candidate list. I can say that oh, you yeah. cannot, and and there are I, there no, is, I can I can, there, I can say it, it's it's sadly not an entirely, I mean, out of the question. But that's and that's to me that's one of the flaws of the Rooney Rule. I mean, but the Fitzpollard Alliance they have their list, they circulate their list, and if teams were, um did their due diligence, which that's what the Rooney rule is supposed to do. It's to force teams to do their due diligence. Um, you would put yourself in position to talk to the guys that, that people in the NFL believe is the next guys up. And so Anthony Weaver, he's an assistant head coach. He's the next guy up. He's in line. He's been in line and in due time, he will get his shine and his opportunity if he performs well. And I have no doubt in my mind that he's qualified, he's capable, he's competent. If he was, he would not have been where he was in Harbaugh's staff. But my, you know what my issue is. On one hand, I'm a little bit, I wanted a a coach with head coaching experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Issue number two, his one stint in Houston, it sucked. You have, you have helped me address why it sucked. There was nobody on that team. Uh, Okay. Not a great situation. Fine. He has rebound since then. Um, But on top of that, um, I do have a little bit of a concern about the fact that if Harbaugh thought he was such a stud, why wouldn't Harbaugh do everything in his power to make sure that he retained him? And he anointed it and, and he put him in position to become a next head coach, to become the next Mike McDonald. Now, I'm not saying Harbaugh's wrong. Harbaugh knows his situation. Harbaugh knows his locker room. Harbaugh knows his team. And I don't doubt Harbaugh. So so with if I'm not doubting Harbaugh, then I'm wondering, did we get the best of the Ravens defensive assistants? That's all I'm saying. Well, the, yeah. the, the other question, here's the other question is how much of an input did he have, for example, into the scheme? Uh, 
which by all appearances, it was Mike McDonald. That's why he's now the Seahawks head coach, because that scheme worked out so well. And I um, can't believe he got that job, but that's beside the point. Maybe he interviewed. How does Dan Quinn not get that job? I'm just saying. Uh, let's just say, let's just say the Cowboys playoff game wasn't exactly a great final statement wow. to land a head coaching job. Wow. I'm, so you're going to ignore a whole season and just, uh, well, you well know here's what I'm going to ignore. I'm going to ignore the fact, well, what am I ignoring? The fact that early in the season, we were, we not talking about the Cowboys. I was writing stories about how great the Cowboys defense was and they were like ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, where was that defense in the second half of the season? I mean, it did nothing same, but this. same with the Dolphins. Same with the Dolphins. Uh, and here's the other uh, the other thing. Also, is it still comes down to the players. I don't care how great your scheme is. Like I know we mentioned, Vic Fangio did a, did did a very solid job. Again, let's not pretend like when the Dolphins were at their peak defensively, they had Jalen Ramsey. Xavier Howard, Javon Holland, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer. That's seven. Jerome Baker? You don't go and disrespect Jerome I'm like gonna that? Go, I'm going to go with those seven, and can we not agree that those are seven, let's say, A-type players? I, or find, you disrespectful. I find you being disrespectful. Fine. Jerome's a B player. Oh, Okay, so your argument is that all of those are A players. Or, give, give them or to me closer. again. Give, uh, give them to me again. And we can quibble about one or two of them, but Jalen okay. Ramsey, Xavier Howard, okay, Javon Holland, okay, Bradley Chubb, okay, Jalen Phillips, Christian okay. Wilkins, Zach okay. Sealer. That's seven. That's seven A A type players or very close to A. That's a lot. That's a lot on a starting defense. Um, so, and here's the thing. And as we look forward to 2024. I think my biggest concern about the Dolphin defense isn't whether they got the right guy, a defensive coordinator, is what's what their they, what's their roster going to like on defense. And that's a tease to the series that Alan Pavard has just started, which is a positional breakdown series that you can find on alldolphins.com. Um, while we are not talking about the position that he had on, I'll put it up for you back again. Do you, do you want to? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want to see if you can make some hearts. Yeah, um, look at you. Look at anything you. else. By the way, people in the YouTube comments, I've tried every other thing with the with the two thumbs up, crossing my fingers or whatever. Either you're playing with me, you can't do it. You don't have a, you don't have a green screen. This works, nothing else works. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, and it's not doing. Here we go. Oh, there we go. And nothing um, else. I, I, I hear you. In terms of, um, yes, they had a lot of A B players. Um, my biggest concern is moving forward. Will they continue to have a B players? Because right now there's Jalen Ramsey and uh, Jalen Ramsey. And, and I'll, I'll be respectful and say Zach Sealer, even though I think Zach Sealer's a B player. I think he could be a player. And if no, I'm going to hold on, hold on. No, hold on. No, I'm going to call you out. I want you to stay consistent. That's my goal. That's my goal for you in life as, as your colleague is to make sure you stay consistent. You said last week that mm -hmm. Zach Steeler basically his production was exactly the same as Christian. Wilkins. I, I, and, so and, and no, 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 no. And I'm saying that you, if before you cut me off, mm -hmm. I was going to say if and uh, while I put Zach in the B category based on body of work, it's A this season, but it's been B previously. If I'm going to put Christian in an A, I got to put Zach in the A because I think they had comparable seasons. Okay. 
So I, think they, I think they fed off each other. It wasn't it wasn't one guy feeding off. It wasn't Zach Sealers feeding off Christian and the double teams. No, they were a hella tandem together. They they there was no one guy who got all the attention. No, they just played amazingly well together, which is why if I were them, I'd be scared to play with anybody else. I'd want to play with each other my whole career. Well, and then okay, you and you, you know, don't forget Javon Holland, the PF PFF darling, because <clears throat> they had him as now I think number two. Huh? What PFF huh? darling? They had him ranked second ranked safety in the NFL in huh? twenty twenty three. Huh? Yes, I agree. Um, huh? uh, I and the big question there is 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 Anthony I, Weaver well. Uh, According to the tweet I saw, it, it was by somebody affiliated with PFF. Basically, he made a difference every time he was on the field or he made some big things happen. And I was like, really? Really now? Question is, is Anthony Weaver going to want to use them? They're, they're getting kickbacks because, they're, they're like, bro, like, I I have no disrespect for Javon Holland. I think he's a good player. You're telling me he's the second best safety in the NFL? Is is that what you're telling me? No, that's what they. That's what they're. They're saying he graded out as the second best, even despite the fact, on top of everything else, that he missed what five games, six games on the stretch. Yeah. The question is: Is Anthony Weaver going to try to use him the same way the Ravens used Kyle Hamilton, who was the best safety in the NFL in 2023, who's a stud? Who I mean, did it? I mean, everywhere he was near the box, staying up there, blitzing, dropping back. Javon can do that. Oh, I don't have. I don't have a question that he can do it. I mean, can he do it to the same level? Because Kyle Hamilton was blocked. But the problem with the Dolphin defense as we head into 2024, Chubb and Phillips likely ain't playing it in early on in September. Christian Wilkins has got the whole contract situation and he's a pending free agent. X, we all think, we all assume is going to be a post-June one cut. I mean, that's four big pieces right there. Van Ginkle could be out the door as well who would be your number one replacement guy at OLB. And is Vic Fangio going to come knocking on March 11th when the illegal well, – sorry, when the negotiating period begins? Negotiated period began at Senior Bowl. <laughs> well, no, that's the, the unspoken negotiation. Yeah, the, the tampering period began at the Senior Bowl. Got the old ringtone going on here. The ringtone. Um, so that defense could look hell of a lot different. And if we look to the draft and, and it's going to look hell of a lot different. Don't, 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 don't kid these people, because if you look at this team, the way that they're constructed right now, and I'm, I'm just, this, this is what your roster looks like on February 5th. Now, mind you, you've got to purge your rosters about to 75 million just to get the cap space to franchise tag Christian Wilkins. That's not a long-term contract. That's just a tag. Now, if you get that, if you get them to a long-term contract, even better because that's more money you can use on somebody else. But put 20 million on Christian. Just safe guess. Uh Zach Sealer is your only defensive lineman under contract, unless you consider Brandon Peely a defensive lineman. I mean, a defensive lineman that's going to be like on your 53. Okay. Like, like, like you know, building block. Um, then you got basically Duke Riley and David Long Jr. because you're about to purge or shake down Jerome. 
depending on where he stands and how much he loves South Florida and wants to be here. He's going to get shaken down, and it'll be up to Drew Rosenhaus and his team whether or not they will accept that offer and or if they'll they'll test the market. And that those are your inside linebackers. We already told you the situation with your outside linebackers. None of them are healthy. None. Zero. Zilch. Nothing. You got nothing. Not even Cameron Good. Cameron Good. You don't even have a Cameron Good. Um, and they won't be healthy to begin the season until maybe October, if you're lucky. And that's if they're ridiculously healthy and working like freaks of nature, because that's a nine month process for an Achilles and an ACL, which are nine to 12 month programs. Uh, and then you go to your secondary where there's Jalen Ramsey, Cater Kohu and Cam Smith and Ethan Bonner. That's it. And, you know, and, and um, that's your cornerbacks. And then your only safety on your roster is Javon Holland. Only, only. So not even backups. Nope. Javon Holland. That's it. So here's what I like about what I heard about Anthony Weaver today from the interview we did with Jerry S. I'm not calling him that. Um, He is going to run a multiple defense. Um. They do. We, we think. We think because we don't. It, the, I mean, the dude's been a defensive coordinator once. So, uh, and in the past three years, who knows how much he's been influenced by what Mike McDaniel first and before him, Wink Martindale did. Maybe he liked what what Wink Martindale did, which is blitz, 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 blitz. I personally would love that. I would love that. I like. I like that. Get in your face. Don't give the offense a chance to breathe. And if you give up a play here and there. So be it. Just don't let it happen when it's when there's five seconds left in the first half, like the Dolphins did in Pittsburgh in 2019. But that was a different story. Anyway. That was a tank. That was a tank special. Okay. I love I love Mina Kimes' design of the play, drawing a tank. <laughs> that, that was classic. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, um, yeah, I, I I remember that game very vividly because um, that whole season, you know, I was totally tanked for Tua. Yes, you were. I, I, I was you, totally, you were like this. I mean, I, you were, I, I was very oh, fully committed to it. Oh, oh you, you lost your heart privileges. Oh. Uh, um, l- look at you. You're all heartbroken yeah, now. So you, 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 you weren't making that the end of heart thing. Oh, now you're just going to disappear. Um, I disappear. I was... You're heartbroken now. Uh, I was totally tanked for Tua. And then there was so much, how dare you? You, 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 we're we're playing in this to win, and, and truthfully speaking, Mike Brian Flores was absolutely uh, un, unequivocally. I can't, but that one play by Patrick Graham, that defensive call, that was, that was weird. It was like, wait a second, are you playing the tank? Or are you not playing the tank? Hold on, what's the deal? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what, how do we get off on that tangent? Because we were talking about you were talking about the kind of style he was going to play, and I'm saying yeah, like, yeah. we don't really know. Um, we haven't had a press conference yet with Anthony Weaver. As I recall, last year – You think we're going to get one? No, I think what, what the Dolphins have done the last couple of years is they do one with the entire staff mm-hmm. uh, at some point later this month. Or oh, when they're fully hired. Correct, when they complete their staff. And then they just bring everybody out at the same time. That's that's what they've done, and I would expect that's what they'll do again. So we don't know. I mean, again, is he going to really going to go with the same scheme he ran – in Houston in 2020, which didn't work out well because they were last in the NFL in takeaways. They were last in run defense, I want to say, 30th in yards allowed. 
with a mediocre roster. I, so, I think the best marriage for this defense is what it sounds like, what they were trying, what they're going to try to build, which is take the framework of what Vic Fangio did, maybe a little bit more press, maybe a little bit more blitzing. And that would be perfect. Cause if you married Vic Fangio's defense with Brian Flores defense, which is what the players were always trying to get and trying to get to. And Vic was like, no, 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 no. Like, bro, you saw us do it for two seasons and we did this relatively well. How about we just incorporate a little bit of it? And eventually he relented a little. But here's how, let me ask you this, Omar Kelly. Would you like to mm-hmm. do this? Let me ask you this. Imagine the Dolphins defense last year when at a time when before when they had all their guys with the scheme, the crazy we're coming after you scheme that Blor- that Flores ran. Tell me how great that defense would have been. Would have been great. Players wanted it. I mean, because you're talking about you're say, talking about say no, 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 no. No, no, but my point is is the Dolphins had a lot of success with that scheme with a talent level that wasn't anywhere near what they had last year. Mm-hmm. So to me, the marriage of that scheme plus what they had last year would have been would have been this, except we won't do it. Will it do it again? Wow, no. I'm crushed. Anyway, it would have been crazy. I think that defense would have been you are so heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lost my toy here. Damn it. Um, yeah, and, and and to be transparent, that was a lot of what the players wanted to get to that approach. And it was like twisting arms, and eventually they gave up. But yeah, every everybody's got a hill to die on. That wasn't that wasn't there, and especially when they started. But truthfully speaking, when they started playing well together, they were incorporating a little bit more of some of the things that they had used in previous years. Yeah, they they Vic tweaked some things. They got a they they reached a point where some of their guys who had slow starts for whatever reason were getting better. Ramsey came back. They started playing some mediocre quarterbacks. You put all of it together. You said what you said, right? Where's a lie? Where's a lie? Let me let me look at the schedule. Uh, Dak Prescott was not a mediocre quarterback. That was the end. That's at the end of the year. Okay, all right. Uh, all Patrick right. Mahomes is the one is the one guy that they really can. During that stretch, sorry, Jalen Hurts. No, they didn't contain Jalen Hurts at all. Okay. But then they played. Who they played? Mac Jones. They played uh, Aiden O'Connell. They played Zach Wilson. They played who's the other guy? Tim Boyle. They play. I mean, again, where where's the lie? All right. So, um, so the bottom line is, again, coach can only do so much. Um, perfectly willing. I mean, we don't know. We, let's let's be honest. We we can we can take all the bits of information we've gotten from Anthony Weaver, or about Anthony Weaver, and formulate whatever opinion that we want. The truth is, again, this is a guy. He does not have a long resume like Big Fangio came came with when he joined the Dolphins, where the guy's got this full body of work. Uh, there is there isn't that with him. And again, as as complimentary as everybody wants to be about it, the player development and all that, and what he did for Matabike, for example, who's to say that Matabike wasn't just a guy who was going to blossom and explode in his third season regardless? Omar, are you there? 
Yeah. Okay. Looks like you're about to doze off on me here. I'm sorry. If, I'm sorry if I'm being boring here. Go ahead, wrap it up. If I'm if I'm not boring. I'm sorry. Early starts for me with Joe Rosho. Okay. Um. What what will they be? What will they become? I don't know because we have to get to free agency. I think March fifth is the major pivotal date for me um, to tell us where we're going and how we're charting this course. That's when they have to put the franchise tag on Christian Wilkins. So you know you know the course that you're taking by March fifth. Um, no franchise tag on Christian. That means either we're very committed that we're going to get a long-term deal done. And no matter what, if I'm Christian, I'm testing the market. I'm taking it to the market. Okay. What's your percentage? Not, not that you want them to do it or you, or you think they should do it. What's your percentage that you think that they will apply the franchise tag? I'm 99.9% .9 certain they will apply the franchise tag. They're not dumb. That's okay. the one thing. I, you could say a lot of things about Chris Greer. You, you can say a lot of things about Chris Greer. Man. The one thing that you cannot say is that he's a dummy. Okay. He knows exactly who he's dealing with as a player, and he knows exactly who he's dealing with as an agent. Christian Wilkins' agent is one of the most connected in the NFL, and Christian Wilkins is one of the smartest, most money-conscious. Christian could tell you right now exactly how much he's expecting. He could tell you, he could tell you every single defensive tackle's deal. He knows. And if I'm Christian, I'm not walking away from this offseason without $60 million in guaranteed money. It's a non-negotiable for me. You could you can factor in and play with whatever else you want to play with in terms of years, lens, APY. If it don't come with $60 million in guaranteed money, you might as well not even offer it. So, and... Actually, very interesting that you mentioned that precise number because i've seen a couple of sites who specialize in such matters came up with like projected contracts for 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 some of the top free agents and i believe that was the exact guaranteed amount for what a surprise and i don't even look at any of that stuff i just do the math myself you're and, a genius no i i just know the cat i know i know contracts and i know and i know contracts because i've, I've i know really amazing people who have taught me and even when I go to them about stuff like this, um, I could I could I could make a call and I could find you the exact deal that Christian will sign for. Um, I just don't want to make that call because it's gonna come with some lashing. So I, I don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know Christian don't play no games. When Christian walked away and he walked away from the table, and Christian was the one that walked away from the table, from what I'm told and said, I'm not accepting a deal. I'll play on my fifth-year option. He took the risk. He paid for the insurance that that when you pay a million dollars of your money to ensure that you'll get the future contract based on injury, you make me take out insurance, you're going to pay for it. Good old Lloyds of London. Yeah, so. That's still who underwrites those? I, I, I don't, I'm sure there are more people who underwrite them at this point, but yeah, it, it's, listen. So the Dolphins know he played it right and then took a gamble and it worked out beautifully for him. He took one hell of a gamble and it worked out. When, remember when Zach Sealer, remember the week that Zach Sealer signed his deal? He had that knee scare in practice and everybody was telling him, don't you dare go back into practice. Right. Well, lo and behold, what happened? 
Zach Sealer signs a contract. He's now making $8 million a year. And while at the time I would argue you, argue to you and fight you to death that it was a great deal for Zach Sealer, what does it look like right now? Hell of a bargain for the Dolphins. That's what it looks One like. One hell of a bargain. And if I'm Zach, I'm I'm like, I know you you got money issues, but did you just see the season I had? And you're going to come to me and try to restructure my – they're going to come to him and try to get him to restructure his contract to get create some cap space. And if I'm Zach and his agent, who happens to be uh, Drew Rosenhaus, I'm saying you got to sweeten this deal a little bit. You got to make yeah, – yeah. The Dolphins, what they can do is that they like, you know, push it down a little bit further down, can make a yeah. longer limit to him and reduce his cap number. His cap number is 10.7. Exactly. You could absolutely add a year or two onto that thing, sweeten it a little bit for him, give him more guaranteed money. I'm sorry. I'm not worried about Zach Sealer falling off and make it a win win for both, pe- both people. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Um, Dolphins got a lot of work to do in order to get under the cap in order to rebuild the defense. And I think it's, it's the offense doesn't need to be rebuilt. The entire defense needs to be rebuilt. And I think that's going to be the biggest challenge of this off season. We will be here at alldolphins.com breaking it down. As you see, alldolphins.com, no paywall, no subscription. There we go on the heart. Uh, you finally got your heart privileges back. Um, we will, be here all off season, breaking down this team, breaking down the roster. And tomorrow we will have another special episode of when Dolphins podcasts unite. Um, And I think that they've been some of the better episodes that we've done. And hopefully they'll continue to be some of the better episodes. You don't think so? No. They're all all great episodes. So to me, it's like, how can, how how do we differentiate between one and and another one? Well, you know what it is? It's a different I like hearing I like hearing the difference of perspectives and then the counterpoints and everybody everybody I know what your agenda is I know you're an arm queen you know I, don't have, I, do not have an, I do not have an agenda <laughs> I I know where you stand on all of these issues and it's just refreshing to hear other perspectives and to see us and 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 I'm sure people know they want people want to fight they know what they know they know they know it's coming, um, but right now we got we got something we got something in store for you coming up next, and that's tomorrow. But right now, alldolphins.com, you know how to find us. Subscribe, rate us. If you're listening on the audio podcast, give us rating. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a like, share, tell a friend. We appreciate all the support, especially in this off season. On that note, we're out, and we will see you tomorrow. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.